Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Game Masters Under Dark, where three game masters get together to answer your questions about running tabletop RPGs. Uh, as always, I am Will, one of your three GMs and the least experienced of the three. I am joined by Matt R. Matt, how are you doing? Doing good. And I'm also joined by Matt H. Matt, how are you doing? Once again, I'm great. My technology, not so much. <laughs> yes, for those who are watching on YouTube, uh, we are having uh, uh, some technical difficulties, so uh, he will not be in the video again, but um, obviously we'll have his audio. Um, so tonight's topic, we actually delved back into Reddit on the DM Academy subreddit, and uh, I found an interesting topic because it's uh, at least it's not something I've ever run into, you know, as a new DM. It's usually the opposite of the topic tonight. So uh, you guys ready before I go ahead and start reading this here question? I am prepared. Let's go. For, for the right. first time. <laughs> <laughs> so the topic comes from uh, King Bai on, uh, again, the DM Academy subreddit. And the question goes like this. He says, hey, y'all, I've been a DM for a while now, but only ever had the one campaign along with some one shots. So my only experience with character backstories is limited to say the least, but I'm starting a campaign once again soon and have asked players for a rough backstory. And well, I really don't have an issue with the length of the stories. In fact, encourage them, but they seem too epic. Um, so he goes on to say, for example, one character in question is a knight uh, that is part of an ancient order of seven knights who, uh, who are very powerful slash influential. The order is based on an island off the continent's coast and are somewhat reclusive, but all are actively involved in the world still. Um, the issue is that they don't really take apprentices according to the PC and that he was chosen as a basic villager because of his potential. Um, I don't really know why a powerful group of knights would want a commoner to join their exclusive and powerful group or why they'd even send him out on, uh, on adventures without training him more than the power of a level one fighter. Not just him, but other characters too propose epic backstories that as cool as they are, a level one wizard can die from a small ledge, it feels like. Yeah, other classes have a bit more health, but you all know how flimsy fresh characters are. I really don't wanna just tell them to scrap their character, but don't really know how I'd phrase, can you not be so cool for someone who might die or should be protected by a high level to some extent? Does anyone have experience with things like this? If so, how did you react and what did you tell the players? Um, so before you know, we sound off on our own uh, ideas, I, I think this was an interesting question because especially with new players, you usually have the opposite problem of, oh, oh I'm just adventuring because gold or I wanna kill a monster. Uh, it sounds like his players are like, no, I've already beat this before. And <laughs> like, let's, let's, you know, let's do this. Um, so we'll, we'll start with uh, Matt R. We'll start with you tonight um, for a little bit of change of pace. How would you handle this? First off, I would like to say that I am one of those players that do give a lengthy backstory. <laughs> that said, I like, I would like to think that I'm always thinking of uh, what level I, I am and also uh, where I would be in the story. So if like, this would be great for like a session zero, maybe these 
many people had a session zero. I'm not sure. Maybe there was something miscommunicated, but I think just communication of, hey guys, you are level one. And just to give you a rough estimate, here's here's what the commoner stat block looks like. And you're a little better than that. <laughs> and that's 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 what how I would set it up. And so when they're thinking about writing their backstories, um I myself wouldn't write an epic backstory if we were doing a level one game, but if they wanted epicness, and then just don't start them at level one. I mean, you would want to move that up to be like to an epic level. If they wanted to like like with the king with the knights, how they su suggested, I'd put that up like level seven. Put that up there. That sounds pretty cool, and uh, it would not only play into their backstory that they've already created, but also uh, in, put them well into the world. And so uh, I know it might mess up your story, but like, I think when you're being a DM, you gotta, it's, it's a little bit of like catering, but that goes for the players as well. Like you gotta cater to the DM as well. Like it goes back and forth. So like the DM should take that in, like think about like, hey, maybe if I move them up to level seven, it'll make more sense in my world they'll be fit for those epic things that they did in the backstory, then ready for epic things that are coming. But also as a player, if a players are watching this, um, think about your DM. He did say start at level one. So maybe think about like, what would a level one character be doing all this right now? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Matt, what is your, uh, what is your take on it? So there's nothing inherently wrong with a really cool epic backstory. I think where people get carried away is that they go past the point where they should stop writing the backstory. I'll give uh, the Sword in the Stone movie as an example. The Sword in the Stone movie is basically the origins of king arthur and him pulling the sword from the stone and that happens towards the end of the movie is where he actually pulls the sword from the stone itself i feel like that is a very good example of an epic backstory where Maybe you're some destined for greatness warrior or something like that. You know, if you can start with a magic item, like you actually pull a sword from a stone. But that's really where your backstory should end. It shouldn't be, oh, and I pulled the legendary sword from the stone and I killed the great dragon tyrant of the realm with it. And then I set out on the adventure. No. Your backstory should end with like, yes, and I pulled the legendary sword from the stone, and that happened yesterday, the day before we started playing. So when it comes to the night backstory, the one that was um, offered up in the question, I don't see anything inherently wrong with it. The only thing I see wrong with it is the length of it. I think that the backstory should end with them being contacted by the knights of that order. I think that you are a villager, you show promise, you get contacted by this order, and maybe 
you know, your DM could work that into the first session of you going and traveling to this order to get trained by them, where you still have your whole epic, you know, seven mystical nightly order thing going on, but you're not ingrained in the epicness yet. You still have to work for that epic because nobody wants to hear this, but it's the truth. You're a level one character. You should suck. Yeah. That's what it is. Slightly above commoner. (laughs) Yeah. If you look at it from a purely mechanical standpoint, a single first level character has like a 50-50 chance against two, maybe three goblins. So don't write up a character and hype them up and make it look like they can slay like an elder red dragon when, you know, a group of four goblins could beat the crap out of them and rob them, you know? Yeah, I I, I definitely see a serious thing with that. And I was trying to pull up, it looks like Reddit might be down. I was going to read some of the uh, suggestions from this post. Um, but one I remember was saying that um, instead of, you know, you being a commoner, that maybe uh, like you were a nephew of one of the knights or like a family, like a nepotism type of angle, um, which, which I like as well. You know, uh, if you know anything about the history of knights, that also makes very much, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Um, oh, yeah. So um, I, I kind of like that. And I kind of, um, to, to give you like a, an op, op the, can't talk tonight opposition a little bit to you matt about um like he's on his way to be trained uh by the knights i think you could also set it up that um like you're already there training but it's like your your first week there or something like that and like you're being sent out to do something basic but you have uh for a level one character you have like delusions of grandeur like you're wanting to go out and kill this dragon but they're sending you out to like clear out a swarm of rats you know what i mean um so still playing into like that epic backstory but i'm as the dm like i'm gonna twist that a little bit no you think you're that cool but really you're like you said you're level one you're not that cool um (laughs) yeah and, and maybe stumble upon something that leads to a greater quest at that point maybe the wherever you're going you find a relic or an artifact or some, you know, there's any number of ways you could take that. I'm, you know, I'm not going to list them all, but I think that's another way to do that as well is, um, you know, like you were saying, okay, you're on your way to be trained or, I mean, you've been there like a week, <laughs> you know, you, you, you just learned how to carry a sword properly. Like, let's, let's kind of tone that down a little bit. Right. I would show the players the, uh, we're talking Dungeons and Dragons, show them the tiers of play as well just so they get like a representation of like oh when i get to level 10 like kings are level 10 (laughs) and it kind of sets a scale so like while you're even playing the game they can make decisions based on their level they kind of know the the uh the playing field with that yeah absolutely and let me see if i can actually bring that up i know my screen's a little uh darkened here because of where i'm at but um my my backgrounds everything is dark but tears of play here we go um so for those who are unfamiliar with it this is kind of a quick breakdown so from levels one to four your local heroes 
um, you know, you've done something cool in your town, you know, or maybe you even come from like a bigger city, but you're, you're, you're locally well-known. You're not known across the land. Levels five to 10, uh, like Matt was saying, heroes of the realm. Um, so like kings, princes, um, we'll, we'll just say royalty in general, I think kind of fits in there. That's where you would be considered uh, when you hit <laughs> that kind of threshold. Uh, above that is masters of the realm, uh, which means um, to put it in context, um, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, but like if we just took the seven continents we're on, masters of the realm would be like, because we're in North America, like you are the king, you are the best in North America. <laughs> you you are in charge of this realm. That is, you know, you're the master of that. Because the last one is master of the world, which means you've gone beyond your borders. So and above level twenty, you're a master of the universe, and you become He Man. <laughs> so, uh, so I know that's kind of like a, a gross oversimplification, but I th I think. For those who may be unfamiliar with the concept of Tears of Play, that's a, a I like to use Tears of Play not only for that aspect, but also like to judge what, uh, like the range of monsters as well. If you have monsters coming in from other planes, usually they're pretty high level. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I know, uh, well, Matt H., you and I are both in the middle of putting campaigns together that both are using like I know uh, demons, devils type thing, and I think we both were like, you guys are going to start at level five, <laughs> yep. because most like there are a few low uh, challenge rating monsters, but it literally I was looking at it just I think two days ago, and you have like one or two one eighth challenge ratings, and then the next lowest is like you have one or like literally one one or two, and then it's four, <laughs> and it's like yeah oh okay so this you know this difficulty is is up there um so yeah I, I like that point as well when you're going level one you know again i, I know i kind of i kind of said it but like you just have delusions of grandeur of fighting that dragon like you're not <laughs> you're not ready it's like a long-term goal right and you can even make that part of your character either their bonds or flaw or a flaw it could be a flaw you have that you're overzealous and you, you know, you head, run headlong into those things. Um, so when it comes to telling a party that's already created that though, like that those backgrounds, like what kind of tips would we give them after they've like maybe left for the day, came back for the next session and say, hey, what are your backstories? And you are given this and it's not fitting into your campaign. Like um, that moment. Yeah, I think it depends. I know I'm stumbling over my words, but for me, I think it depends on your players. If you're playing with a group of friends who understands like, hey guys, I see where you're going with this. Um, like, and give them options. I, I think that's one thing I've learned from you two being new is <laughs> like, hey, you can keep this backstory, but I'm going to just kind of twist it a little bit because you are level one. You know, I'm not going to get rid of it, but like I was saying, you know, I'll say it one last time, like, but that's too lofty for where you are right now. Let's, I'm going to bring you back down to earth. Or you say, hey, let's work together to find a way to make this work within the setting I have. Um, I've, I've brought it up numerous times, but I think for any new player outside of your player's handbook, Xanathar's is a great book because it does have background stuff like that. 
and you can just roll on tables. I do it with every character. I've gotten to the point where I'm like you, Matt, I, I have a lengthy backstory, but whereas you are much more creative than I am and you come up with this like on your own, I'm just like, hold on, where's my dice? And I'm just rolling <laughs> on a table, but the, <laughs> but the effect is the same. And yeah. Um, at the end of the day, like I, I like rolling the dice, so that's why I do it. But if I roll on something and I'm like, you know, I'm a druid, but I grew up in a metropolis. No, that that doesn't really make too much sense. I don't have to listen to the die. You know what I mean? The, the tables are there. I pick what I want and I make it make sense. You can challenge yourself, Will. Yep. Challenge yourself. <laughs> just roll the dice, have them pick what it picks, then just be like, well, we're going hardcore mode right now. And that's, I guess, what we're rolling with and we're going to make it work. <laughs> right. That's well, how you that. challenge that creativity. Well, I tried to do that with my, my Loxodon Ranger, but you wouldn't let me hide behind a tree like a cartoon character. Because that, that <laughs> is, it's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I know, I know. You roll a 20, what, a 20 something to just, to just hide, even though that you could be invisible. Being an invisible elephant. Is way more believable than just a hiding. <laughs> Matt, I don't know if you were there, but I told him, I was like, if that happens, you're just not there anymore. You left. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, we were just messing around because I think we had talked and I was like, I'd always wanted to play a Loxon. I, I thought it was a cool premise. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was looking at their, even though with Tasha's, you can move your stats around. Uh, we're a little off topic here, but. Um, it's also part of character creation, but I was like, oh, a ranger would be cool for that. And then I just thought it would be hilarious that like an, a 500 pound elephant was like, you know, the old school Looney Tunes where I'm like, I'm going to hide. Whoop, and I go behind like a, a skinny palm tree. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, I eventually changed that character. If I ever get to play it, it's going to be a dream. <laughs> it, it's much better, but you know, I, those are the kinds of things like you were saying to challenge yourself. I was being goofy, obviously. When you have such an epic backstory for a level one character, um, sometimes, you know, we talk about all the time cooperation. If you, if your DM comes to you and he's like, look, man, this doesn't make sense because you're level one, instead of, you know, I, I, you don't maybe need to be that direct. Um, as we've discussed from a recent incident that I had. Um, you don't necessarily need to be that direct. Think outside the box and look for other options. And go like, okay, so maybe this doesn't make sense. Let's make, let's make it make sense together. Let's, let's take some time. Um, the only thing that, where that could become a problem is, I see is like, if you have a whole party that's like that, because now that's a lot of work. I uh, I would accept that challenge and just say, and what I would do is if I took it in and maybe several players at the table have those kind of stories where they're just like way up here. And I'm like, let's bring it down. Let's bring it down here. So I would just be like, uh, one, we talk about the options, what you just said, but at the same time, be like, and you guys know each other and like kind of like just start the game off of that and like you can start the game pulling ideas from each other and be like how do you know each other oh snap you guys know each other because you guys sell ice cream together what i didn't know that was a thing <laughs> oh, that's crazy ice cream you sell ice cream when you're not being a knight wow that's cool and you just bring it down being like suddenly you're a knight doing clerical duty just toss handing out ice cream to other knights <laughs> and it, it puts you at the commoner level and you're like Level one. 
uh, so I know I've been kind of bogarting the time here tonight, but Matt, what are you, what are your, your thoughts on, on that, of taking on that challenge? So how, and I've done this before. Um, when it comes to people making super over the top backstories, I've noticed that it's a lot of new players that do it. Um, it could be some veteran players, uh, but it, from what I've seen, it's mainly new players. And I think the main reason why they do it is I like to call it the epic video game creep. And that is, uh, to give an example like Skyrim, it, depending on how you play it, within the first five or six hours of playing that game, you can kill a dragon <laughs> in it. Stealth which, <laughs> yeah, which you, you really can't do as a first level character in D&D. <laughs> so... Uh, I had a new player, and in his backstory, it said that he killed a werewolf, and we were starting at level one. And because he has just seen werewolves in media, he was just like, boom, silver tip arrow, they go down. And I'm like, that's not how it really works. And he's like, no, it's important to my character. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't saying no to him, but I was like, let's, like, I'm going to put a werewolf stat block in front of you and your first level character is going to solo a fight against a werewolf so you can see how it goes to like show what's going on. That combat lasted one round. He was <laughs> one-shotted by the werewolf. The werewolf won initiative, one attack, his character went down. And he was like, oh, okay, I, I should probably reevaluate sort of what's going on. So he modified his backstory to where it was a werewolf that attacked his entire town instead of just him out in the woods. And with a group of townsfolk, he landed the killing blow on the werewolf. So yeah. he still got to keep that like werewolf you know, killed, like, I think it was, like, he, he said that a werewolf killed his brother because later on he wanted his brother to come back as a werewolf. Like, it was, it was a really cool, epic, and interesting backstory. But it was too epic, you know, because it was just him and his brother at, like, 16 commoners killing this werewolf by themselves. Mm -hmm. So... He got to keep that. We just modified it a little bit to instead of just attacking the both of them, it attacked his entire town and it took like 30 commoners to bring this down. So it sort of spread the, the love a little bit when it comes to fighting the werewolf. And I think that's what you have to do with uh, players that want to go way too big, especially when it comes to killing iconic individual monsters is people can still have that in their backstory it's fine if you know like you killed a dragon or something like that but as a first level character you had a ton of help doing it yes and by doing that you can then create npcs that are already established and baked into the world and the story to been like oh that's my best friend since childhood he was one of the people mm -hmm. that helped in the siege Ooh. against the Hydra that the city killed. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's, I, I would say I like that a lot. 
And and to prove your point, um, I never thought of this. I think that that, that goes to show like our backgrounds with you being more. Uh, we, we always joke about it, but you being like a mechanic thing. If you look at the stat block of the night, which I just pulled up, they're a challenge rating three person, which means even if you were like, you'd have to be almost level five to take one on by yourself and be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So at level one, you know, this idea of, you know, oh man, they picked me because I'm special. Maybe, but what makes, I think that's when we get into what makes you special? You know, like you, it, it said in the, the prompt and the question, like, I'm, I have potential. Well, what, what did you do that made them see your potential? Was it an, an epic fight that the town had? You know what I mean? Or was it like some bandits and you and like your group of friends drove the, ba- you know, the bandits off? Something kind of like that. Um, I, I kind of like that idea of like using this, especially the stat blocks. Yeah. <laughs> to, 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 I don't want to say prove a point, but I, I think that's the most appropriate here. Like you're not saying no, but like here's, here's why this is not a good idea. And let's have Usually, I mean, I don't play in person anymore, but the few times that I have, um, I I would have like the monster manual. Just, I mean, normally it's like a DM thing, but I I'd, I'd give it to the players too, especially when it comes to character creation. So they can like, well, if you're bored, you can just flip through it. But if you're if you're act like trying to come up with an idea, especially backstories, like you could be like, ooh, look at this, never seen that before, and you can tie it in. And then depending like using your idea Matt, with stat stat blocks and stuff that that's a great idea yeah yeah i i love it <laughs> i never would have thought mm-hmm. of that um that's a that's a great idea and i'm i'm gonna steal that uh so heads up guys next time one of you does that that's what i'm doing oh <laughs> <laughs> that's fine um but no I, I i think that that's a a good idea and i i, I like the comparing it to a video game because i think that's where a lot of people come from. I know I did. You know, the, the first time I played, I was like, look, man, I grew up on I grew up on RPGs, but I don't know DD. And um you brought up Skyrim, uh Jacob uh from XP to level three, who has his his does some of the funniest skits about DD I think I've ever seen. He recently oh, yeah. came with part two of a video titled Players Who Think DD is just Skyrim. That's why I had it on the brain. I just watched that video. Yeah, I watched it the other day when it came out. And um, if I remember, I'll link it in the <laughs> description of part one and part two. But they're hilarious because a lot of people come from that background. And if you don't know, you're going to make those mistakes. You know, And in those games, a lot of times, um, it's the common trope of you're the chosen one. And I think a lot of people bring that to D&D forgetting like, but if there's, I don't care if there's just two people playing or if there's eight people playing, you can't all be the chosen one. That said, if there's a can like sense over, over table of like, hey, I want one of you guys to like be like the main character. Uh, you guys can like talk amongst yourselves as players and like pick that out. And that could be a really cool game. I think I've done that uh, once. And oh, it's pretty interesting. Because, like, I mean, I kind of think of it like Atlantis, because Atlantis has this really cool cast of characters. <laughs> but then there's Milo, who is the main character. And so, like, every, everybody loves at least a different character who's not Milo in the Atlantis oh, movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so that's just as exciting as Milo. Well, I don't know why I use Atlantis. I mean, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, come on. It's right there. <laughs> Ooh, uh, we're going to move on before uh, my, my nerd card is revoked. Um, so... <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've had these conversations off cast. We're not going to have them here. Um, but uh, no, I, I like that idea. And, and I was speaking more in generalities. I think if you can have the table come together and, and agree like one person might be the chosen one um i think that's i think that's actually a really good idea um i think in general it's hard unless you have a group that that trust each other because yeah. th- that that yeah. we, we that's talk always about, nice to begin with <laughs> right but we, we talk about that every week like communication between your, your dm and your players and your players have to trust each other um I, I think that's something that, um, again, a little off topic here, but when I've made my characters in the past, or even when I've played, um, because I'm so used to playing solo games, like like RPGs, I don't necessarily trust myself or my teammates, only from the perspective of like, I'm used to doing this on my own, but now the decisions I make impact everybody else. So I have to, you know, I can't just go in uh, being ridiculous um, because what I do could really mess up the encounter for myself and everybody else. So a backstory, I feel like can do that as well. If, um, because you might set yourself up for some kind of expectation that you have that isn't realistic. Like, you, you gotta, you know, I, I think, I think tamper that down. And um, like I said, I, that, that monster manual thing, man, I'm still stuck on that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a great idea. Um, so we, we only have a couple minutes left. Um, so final thoughts, guys. Um, I mean, outside of the things we, we discussed, you know, try taking on the challenge of like making that epic or giving them examples of like why this wouldn't work. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on what else you might do? Uh, when it comes to the players brought you this story and like you telling them, okay, that's not going to work. Um, I mean, I feel like that's a band-aid that you gotta, that you gotta take off real quick. Otherwise, I mean, it could just, if you, if you let it go, it could, it could ruin your story. It might be, it might not ruin it as in like, oh no, the whole entire party just hasn't showed up and the game's bad, but it could like ruin it as in what you had planned just didn't work out. To how you wanted to and then your story just kind of fizzles away and you guys start something new if you're trying to do something long term you you gotta you gotta rip that band-aid off and say hey God, I, I want you guys to start like this uh matt your thoughts so i something that i've noticed doing this show is matt rich and i are sort of opposite sides of the are edit that out this? Yes, it wasn't me. I almost didn't catch it. Oh wait, no. Wait, did you get? Did you curse or just say my name? I just said your name. Oh, okay. Well, damn it. <laughs> now somebody's got a curse. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Here, that's my first one. No, I'm I'm still the clean one. Still okay. have yet to curse. I know I'll slip up sometime. <laughs> but Matt R and I are sort of opposite ends of the same coin. He very much embraces the philosophy of the yes and, 
when it comes to this stuff, I have firmly embraced the side of no, but <laughs> no, but that end of things. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when it comes to creating, you know, over the top epic backstories, the thing that I really want to drive home to players is you are a a main character in this story you are not the main character in this story you can be the red power ranger that's fine but you can't create the megazord without all the other color power rangers (laughs) so you have to keep that in mind so when you set up this big epic backstory to try to be the main character that might ruffle the feathers of other people who are like, I was a dirt farmer. <laughs> like, that's my backstory. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe people are fine with that. I'm perfectly fine with being the dirt farmer with Power Rangers. I have fully embraced <laughs> that about me. That's fine. That's but, kind of like the fun of D&D. Like, you just have this smorgasbord with people that just somehow are a team right so i think what people forget about in and this is something that should even be carried over into your backstory is the philosophy and idea of this is a cooperative game and you should be working together with people if you want to have a big epic story beat in your backstory maybe all of the characters already come into this knowing each other Maybe you can put something into your backstory of like, hey, the whole group did this. And that's why we have a level and we're not just commoners or something like that. Or maybe I was fighting this, you know, group of 12 skeletons and I was holding my own, but I was going to lose. And then the fellow PCs stepped in and saved me. And like, that's how we know each other. if you come into it and you don't know each other maybe you do have this big epic beat but you failed at doing something so you're seeking out other people to be like yeah i had this big epic battle against you know a vampire or something and they kicked the crap out of me and left me for dead because i was beneath them they weren't worth my time so you can still have your big vampire showdown in your backstory and everything but it gives you this built-in hook and it gives your character this sort of internal drive to be like i did something and i failed at it i failed at that big epic moment because i didn't have help i didn't have anybody watching my back so now that i have this team of people together that i trust I can go have that big epic moment now that I have people in my corner. No, I, yeah, and I and I I totally agree with with both of you guys. I I think I've used both methods in in the games that I've I've set up. I know the most recent one that we started. I was like, you guys don't know anything about anything. You guys don't know anything about each other. Um, and sometimes you know that's more for a story purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's you know i i've heard of dms you know on youtube that are just like nope i'm doing this just because i can and i 
I don't necessarily, uh, I mean, sometimes that's your style, but I, I feel like they're, uh, one thing we always talk about is like, there should be a reason behind that, not just because you can, uh, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> um, you know, there, there are certain, definitely certain things though that are, um, you know, because I said so moments as a DM, but your, your back got to be consistent. Like, don't be yeah. flippy floppy with it. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I, yeah, that's, that's the big thing. Consistency. Um, I, you know, you guys, I, I, I say it every week. I'm lucky because you guys let me basically, uh, test out my style on you guys. And <laughs> I feel like I'm slowly starting to find, you know, starting to find it, but you know, that's this, this is, I think, you know, backstories is a, is a big part of any game. And this is a good thing for any new DM. Like you said, rip the bandaid off and have that conversation and see how your, you know, your group goes from there. Uh, hopefully they're receptive and uh, willing to work with you, you know, for the sake of having a, a really fun game. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, guys, that's our show for this week. Um, as always, uh, if you enjoyed the video, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we do check out all the, the comments and stuff. Um, if you have a question you specifically want answered, um, go ahead and leave, drop it down in the comments. Uh, if not, like I said, we do go through um, the different D&D subreddits. Uh, there's a lot of questions on there that um, don't get a lot of answers, and that's what we try to help with, is the ones that maybe don't get as many answers. Um, uh, I did forget some house cleaning, uh, housekeeping stuff at the beginning. Uh, as always, if you just want the audio format, uh, we got Apple Podcasts, we have Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, um, all, all the big ones were there. Um, so, you know, if you prefer the audio only format, check us out there. Uh, and I believe that that's everything guys. So, uh, we hope you have a, a great weekend and, uh, happy gaming. We'll see you guys next week. Sorry for doxing you, Matt.